1: Welcome back, Red Talks, you already know what it is, like, comment and subscribe. If you haven't already, please go over to the Spotify and check us out, check out the new episodes. We just had a new episode yesterday, so every Wednesday, yesterday, Tuesday, I don't even remember, but yeah, we got a new episode out yesterday on the Spotify, so go and check out the Spotify because we've got exclusive content on there. And today, I'm joined by a special guest, very, very special. I'm actually honoured to be in front of this guest, Yeah um she does amazing work amazing work and I'll let it speak for itself so um introduce yourself
0: so yeah I'm your coach Karina and I am a transformational coach coach for women I basically help women who have the tendency to self-sabotage their lives um and their relationships starting with their self and I just help them you know get better relationships with self and others and um Help them with self-love, really.
1: Amazing. Incredible. So, um, (laughs) you see, um, let's start from the beginning. What got you into life coaching women?
0: So, I basically decided to become a life coach because I realised that I needed coaching myself. Um, Mm -hmm. Went through some different avenues to help me overcome some of my things that were holding me back. Past relationships, childhood traumas. And I realized that it was a really helpful way of overcoming these things because we don't go back to like stay in the past. We take what we need from the past and we work towards the future. And I realized that a lot of women kind of needed that guidance, and I just wanted to be a be, a, be of help. And you know, I don't, I haven't seen many coaches who look like me, and I wanted to help a community of women who look and are like me. Basically. That's
1: incredible. That's incredible. Um, and what's um your main drive for it? Besides that, like what drives you to keep doing it? Because it must be a stressful thing to be life coaching people because obviously you're taking on a lot of other people's um, stresses. Uh So how do you maintain the drive to keep going?
0: Just seeing the transformations, like seeing my clients like come to me maybe with heartbreak, not feeling good about themselves, low self-esteem and then seeing them maybe two to three months down the line in new relationships or on the dating scene again, confident in themselves, like with self-esteem, knowing where they're going. For me, that's what drives me, seeing that transformation.
1: And would you think, um, do you think that a relationship should be equal?
0: Do I think a relationship should be equal in what way?
1: So there's a a conversation that's arised with many people and people say that a relationship should be 50-50. Dynamically, mm-hmm. that's impossible because there's different roles that we've been given. Of course, but um, there is this conversation that has arisen that a relationship should should be fifty fifty, and you know, mm-hmm. I'll give half, he gives half, and and that's how the relationship should be. Do you think a relationship would work if it was totally fifty fifty?
0: Uh, no. I mean. <laughs> it's hard. I think people should be treated the same. I think, you know, we should be seen as equals, but we do, like you said, we have different things that we bring to the table. I'm a woman. um, I help women um, who mostly want to be in relationships with men. And so, you know, we have to understand that we have different roles. We are born different and we provide different things to the table. So in certain areas, it may seem that you're doing more but in another area that person's maybe taken on more of the more of the responsibility so I think it's just it's equal in a way that yes maybe we don't put like I don't know people always go with the money thing we don't maybe don't put like 50 50 into the money pot but one may put maybe put like I don't know maybe even 70 30 but in other areas in the in the household that person's carrying the other 70 percent while they're only maybe putting 30 and so that's sort of my views on modern relationships today
1: do you, um, do you look down on men who have children?
0: Why would I look down on men who have children? This
1: is, this is a very good question. You might think this is a random question I'm asking you, but there's a lot of women, they look down on men that actually have children. They think that they're less of men because they have children.
0: I wouldn't look down on a man for having children. Um, you know, I don't, I don't look down on anybody um, mm. for anything, really. Um people are who they are if they've chosen to have children all I can hope is that they you know they're good parents and they choose to be in their children's lives that's mm. I have no opinion about
1: you see growing up in Bournemouth yeah or was it did you grow up in Bournemouth or was it Luton I've, I've read your story I've, I'm, I'm, I'm very inquisitive I'll be honest with you I've, <laughs> I'm people's pages if you're coming on my podcast I've mm-hmm. already sculpted everything so you did say that you was raised in Luton yeah. from what I remember there's Luton has two sides to it just correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Mm. Luton has like a kind of EDL, very white posh side, And then it has a very Asian side. Am I I correct for saying that? Am I wrong for saying that?
0: Uh, I mean, again, I suppose that's where the focus may be on. I don't pay that much attention to what Luton's Mm. like at the moment. I haven't lived personally in Luton since I was 13. Mm. When I've ever been back there, it's only been for like family basis. So I Mm. couldn't really comment too much on that. So in
1: Bournemouth, in Bournemouth, growing up in Bournemouth. Yeah. Um, Would you say that it's very multicultural down there or it's not?
0: When I first moved down there, it was like, no, like I was like one of like a few people who were my colour or or more. So obviously I'm mixed race, half Jamaican. So um, I think in my school, there was probably about five or six people in total that were of my complexion or darker. Um, I think it's definitely got a lot, better now um you do see a lot more um you know sort of black asian people in the in that area but um i'd still say it's quite white dominated you know you can't
1: how did that affect your self-esteem growing up being seeing that you're only because you you must have tried to fit in with other people Mm -hmm. um because obviously when you're in an area where you're one minority you want to feel accepted so did you um what did you do to like fit in with people. Did you have to change yourself? Did you what happened?
0: Um, I think like my self esteem, um, it probably did take um a little bit of a hit being around um different people. I was very much still who I was in sense of like I like the type of music, my culture, um, a lot. And I kinda like I kinda just stuck to the people um that were similar to me down there mm. anyway. Um I did have a few friends who um, were of different um, nationalities. And yeah, I think for me, it was just more so finding people who were similar to me, who came from similar backgrounds to me and, and just sticking with them. And um, I mean, it was it was a bit difficult not seeing as many people looking like me. Mm. Um, I know from when I was younger, I did struggle with like my hair. Um, that was just a thing I've always struggled with. In What's a wrong sense with your hair? Of. What's wrong with your hair? Oh, nothing now but when I was when I was younger growing up my mom didn't really know how to do my hair um Mm. so my mom's um white and she didn't really know how to do my hair Mm. so um she didn't like have the products for it so it just looked a hot mess like 24 7 Mm. like so every time I saw like images on the tv um I'd see like you know the alias the myers and all that the hair would be like really long like curly maybe wearing like wigs or extensions but not realizing (laughs) that I was like that's what I want my hair to be like (laughs) so I kind of went through a long phase from like 12 till probably about 25 just really like having straight hair um I stopped wearing extensions when I was about 22 23 um started to like just use my own natural hair but then yeah I went on a journey um well yeah nearly two years ago now and um started to appreciate and love my curly hair for what it is you know I'm gonna probably go on to have children who look like me and I want them to like be able to love their hair and if they don't if their mother doesn't love their hair then I don't know what sort of example I would be to them
1: yeah so do so growing up in um, Bournemouth Mm -hmm. what would you say is like um, a crazy experience that you experienced down in Bournemouth
0: I mean I did experience my first bit of racism In Bournemouth like so i would never had any Like racist remarks to me when I was mm. growing up In Newton at all and yeah That was like, I was like I think like the first Time I ever went down there I was like 10 years old and I just remember like like old white Women would like walk past you and like grab their Handbags as if you was going to maybe grab them
1: You then, though you as A just, like, young lady
0: like little little kids Running around in hotels and that they literally would like Grip their handbags like my mum noticed It and my mum was more on like having a go at people than we were and she was a white woman herself and I think like when I was maybe about 14 I literally then started to have people shout out to me go back to your own country and things like that and I was like whoa like I've never experienced anything like that in my life um and obviously I'd be quite angry at it um you sort of like shout things back but now nah, it's just like i kind of want to know when people are racist i don't know about you but i'd rather like know when people are racist and <laughs> <today>, like not <laughs> to like deal with them like people like trying to like tell people not to like be who they are it's just like nah, i kind of need to know who are my people yeah, like, yeah
1: yeah
0: i hate being around the covert ones when they've got like those subtle things and you're a bit like this person being racist but you can't really say anything because yeah. they're not being like overtly racist to you yeah
1: it's um it's funny you say that because most people that grow up, um, in areas that are majority white, um, and they're mixed race. Um, you have two sides of the coin for them because they have a white side. So they appreciate and they don't look at white people as funny, but then they also have the black side to them. So, it's like most of my friends that are mixed race, they identify themselves as black because everyone else identifies them as black. They mm. couldn't identify as mixed race because people wouldn't even identify them as that. Everyone would identify them as black. Okay. They would say you're an IC free male or IC free female. That's what they would say in general. Mm. So growing up, did that make you want to study about black history more because of everything that you was going through?
0: I mean, I was always more in touch with my black side and with just like family wise anyway. Like I only knew my white mother growing up, like Mm. the only black, um, the only family I knew were my black and mixed race side of my family. Mm. Um, So I feel like I was um, a bit in touch with that anyway. Um, But I definitely feel like I would like to do more. I'd like to, I've never been to like um, Jamaica. I, I haven't really been to many places outside of Europe, so That's kind of, like, on my bucket list um, to do in the next couple of years is definitely, you know, go to Jamaica. Like, I like cooking, like, Jamaican food. That's probably, like, the best, like, sort of food that I know how to cook. But Mm. I'd love to go out there and actually, like, see it being made, like, out Mm. there and, like, the fresh foods, like, actual ackee rather than getting it from a tin here and things like that. Mm. Like, that's something that I would like to do in the next
1: couple of years. So you want to go to Jamaica? 100%. So you want to go Jamaican
0: parties as well? I mean... I'm not saying i like, like that's like <laughs> on top of my list, but I'd like to I'd like to experience one, definitely.
1: Yeah, Jamaican parties are pretty Have you easy. been? I was I was in I I'm, I'm born, I'm from Jamaica okay. and I went to Jamaica when I was like sixteen.
0: Nice.
1: Yeah, and it was yeah, it's a different experience. Is it's a it? different experience. You go to Jamaica, a different experience. It's just like when I went to Africa. Africa was um mm-hmm. a different experience for me as well. Africa was, I think for me, the most um amazing experience i've ever been i went to kenya um and in zanzibar and yeah man i've never seen you know africa they lie to us you know they all these pictures of flies flying around kid's head and Mm -hmm. kid big belly Mm -hmm. i never actually saw that i saw poverty yeah no doubt Mm -hmm. but um i never saw what they show us on the tv yeah i never Mm -hmm. saw that and it made me happy to see um just incredible people man like you go there you just meet the most the nicest and friendliest people ever and very hospitable that's one thing i say about the people that i met they was mm-hmm. all hospitable people and they were very um lovely man they were lovely people wow. you know whatever people told you about you get killed and all this robbed, and, i never experienced. experience i didn't feel no fear i felt actually more safe out there than i do in the uk if i'm wow. honest with you yeah okay. uk is actually dangerous
0: i mean Every, I think everywhere's got like a place that is quite dangerous you know
1: not in Africa they was like oh brown here is bad I was like oh yeah cool but you see you see in places of poverty mm-hmm. it's only bad because the people are poor they're not the people generally are not bad people mm-hmm. does that make sense it's mm-hmm. like a man would kill you over food but he needs food to feed his family, family does that make sense mm-hmm. he's not doing it for a name or to put it on social media or, or greed st- yeah or mm-hmm. or I'm trying to get points I'm trying to score points it's not for that reason mm-hmm. so it's like yeah man I loved it out there personally um what is the meaning to friendship to you what is the meaning of friendship to you
0: um so friendship is just having people's backs um being there for each other caring for other um, caring for the other person and yeah being there when you need them being there not just in the low times I was having a conversation with one of my friends about this the other day it's actually being through them with through the good as well. Like I don't want you to just call me when things are going wrong. Like, yes, of course, call me when things are going wrong, but I love it when you call me when you say, you just bought a new car or you've just got a new house, or you're getting engaged, like friendships about experiencing life together, creating good memories. And like I said, just having each other's backs when you need it.
1: I feel like um, friendship is um, something that no one even speaks about. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you as a friend to me? Like do, do friends actually say to friends, are you a real friend? Because people it finds people find it hard to have actually a conversation communicating with people mm. in the sense of um, you know, how are you today? How's your life been? How's everything with you? A lot of people um, don't know how to actually have friendships. They know how to have relationships, but they don't know how to have friendships. To actually be there for someone as a friend. Mm-hmm. And remember a friend sometimes is a person that tells you about yourself. A hundred percent. Yeah, so if you have people that you think are your friends, but they always say yes to you and agree with everything that you're and even when you think, did I do wrong? And you phone someone and, and they always say to you, you've done right. And in the back of your heart, you know you've done wrong. They're not really your friends.
0: Oh, 100.
1: But I, even if you think they're your friends, generally they're not your friends.
0: But you can tell. I think when I was younger, I definitely had a lot of people who um, who were, maybe, yeah, were fake friends. And it's not even about you know saying they were bad people that they were going through what they were going through and obviously I wasn't the priority on their minds I wasn't a mm. priority on their list sort of thing so I've learned to identify people who are my friends and it's not so much as like you know having to say things to people or ask of things it's just like I said it's just them being there like they've been there through your worst moments your best moments mm. they've they've um they've told you like you said they've told you about yourself like I I had to have a really difficult difficult conversation with one of my really close friends the other day um something quite um crazy was going on in their life and I could have like sat that back and sort of you know not been honest and truthful about my opinion but as a friend I had to sort of look at it from holistically and be like I hear that side of it but you know maybe how you're you, you know maybe how you're moving how you're feeling about certain things isn't right as well and you know she was like ah oh, kind of feel like you're telling me off and it's like I'm not telling you off, you know I'm not, but I'm just being honest, like I can't, you know, you've asked for my opinion, Mm. it's another thing, I don't just give it, unless people ask for it, it, yeah, Um, you asked for my opinion, and I just said, look, I can only go off the information, you've given me, but from Mm. what you've given me, kind of feeling, like for the other person, as well here, and Mm. you know, we have to maybe, put ourselves in that person's shoes, and I think, in life, if we can learn to maybe put ourselves in other people's shoes, but not only their shoes, but also put yourself in the outsider point of view as mm. well. So you've got your perspective, the other person's perspective, and then like an outsider perspective, you can maybe get to like a better conclusion of how you should move accordingly.
1: Mm. Yeah. Do you know, that's very, very, very good. What you just said, because um sometimes you get one perspective, mm-hmm. which is good, mm-hmm. but then you get another perspective that could potentially not be better but could open your eyes to something different 100%. and that could make you make a better decision on how you deal with that situation mm-hmm. if we had honest friends around us majority of us wouldn't have childhood um, tendencies because if you if i've known someone from a child and i've seen that you still have childhood tendencies and the way you behave and you act with people is still the same way you was acting when you're 14
0: mm-hmm.
1: i should be able to tell you that we're not 14 anymore you know, we're grown men, mm-hmm. and you can't justify bad behavior with old ways. Does that exactly. make sense? That's that's a very um, narcissistic way. A narcissist, he'll say, he'll beat a woman and say, "Well, I got beaten when I was younger, mm-hmm. and you know, I've always fought for everything I wanted in my life." And you're like, "What's that got to do with right now?" It's like, you shouldn't have done what you done. Does it make sense? Mm-hmm. What you done was incorrect. Apologize, fix your actions, and move forward. You know, whether that's leaving the person or or leaving that friendship. I've, as I've got older, I've found it easier to just let go of friendships Mm -hmm. as I've got older. Um, I used to be this person that used to say, you know, that's my day one, all this. I don't say that stuff anymore. I'm at the point in my life where it's not about if you're my day one, Mm -hmm. it's about how are you today with me? Mm -hmm. Because we can grow and we can change. And there's nothing wrong with me. And it's no malice, there's no pain there's no hurt it's just me evolving as a person if i don't see that same growth from you i don't really want to pe- put you in my my close circle because mm. you're going to have an effect on me because i take friendships real deep now like i'm one in person i feel a lot i mm. feel a lot of emotion i don't say it and i don't show it that's why it seems as if as if i don't mm. but i feel a lot for my people that i actually call a friend i actually feel a lot of emotions like if me and you having a fallout. I'm actually proper thinking about it for like a day or two it's in my head for the next week like for one day I probably I'm just like in my head I'm just everything is based on that fallout because I'm so close with people mm. does it make sense I put mm-hmm. my all into things um, which is not even healthy I think personally it's not healthy you shouldn't no. be like that Should don't be like, like that
0: 80, 100.
1: yeah yeah you shouldn't 80, be like 80, that don't give everything to the point where it starts to burden your brain but um, so I found it easy as I grow, grew older to mm-hmm. cut off friendships and not always um, put my all into things that I know that generally is not going to come with a good outcome for me personally. That's true. Um, I
0: think what helps as well is not having such high expectations of people. I think that's definitely helped me out. Um, having your own life helps you with things as well. Like I used to be somebody who'd be like, oh, like I want to go and do this thing, and I want people to come and do it with me. And then like my friends would say they would, or they wouldn't do it. And then I'd get annoyed and not do it. Mm-hmm. And I've learned to like, I'm going to do what I need to do anyway. And if you want to come with me, it's a bonus. And if you don't, then, you know, it is what it is. It's, there's no, there's no ill feeling. There's no like hurtness to it. Cause I haven't put an expectation on that. I've just let people be who they want to be. And I think definitely keeping your circle small. Like I don't call a lot of people my friend. I've got like a handful of people, like Mm. a handful of people that are my close people that I'm. I have
1: a handful anymore. It's it's (laughs) it's, it's got it's got (laughs) less than
0: it. I I I take my hat off to people who can have like groups of people that they maintain on a daily basis. But you know, like I said, with my handful of people, they may not hear from me for maybe a week to two weeks, and that's not because I don't want to like Mm. communicate with them. It's just that I've got that much going on, like again having a conversation with another friend the other day it was like when we were 16 17 we'd be on the phone to each other like, like yo what are we doing today like yeah yeah go meet at the same place like every single day like from the age of 16 to like mm. 19 continuously you don't do that no more we ain't got, we ain't got the time like mm. life has happened work's happened you're trying to get your businesses trying to get your relationships done like you just don't have the time but that's, it. that's what also shows what's a real friendship is that yeah we may have not spoken to each other in a week to two weeks some, some people, unfortunately, maybe a month, depending on how busy your roster's been. Maybe family, a year. Things have happened. But you can pick up that phone to that person and it's like you never, like, it, that time hasn't been gone. It's like you've just, you've spoken to them like it was the last time you spoke to them. Like, that to me is like another symbol of like, wow, this is actually my person. Like, this, this is, is my,
1: my guy. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And you've got lots of memories that you lot can reminisce on as well. Good memories. Oh, yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah we've yeah. got loads. Do you remember that time when we was in France? Literally. brother? you was getting crazy. <laughs> remember what that man said? I no, that was mad. Do you remember the shot? But yeah, that was great. Like, I love um, friendships like that. Um, you don't have it. I have a friend like that right now. He's in Gambia. Shout out to my brother Rashid. You know what you're doing. Um, he's in Gambia right now. And I ain't him for like two months, three months. Oh. Yeah, I've seen him with little text hair in him, but I haven't spoken to him mm, mm. other than me and I spoke an hour or two hour on the phone, and it was just a a genuine flowing conversation. It wasn't forced. Mm. It wasn't no silences. It was just a great conversation about just us two. You know what I'm saying? As mm. as people and what we've doing and what he's on, what I'm on. He's telling me come out here, uh, you know, guy, out of England. It's not good for you. Come to Gambia. It's better. Uh, so we we had a good conversation, and um, nice. I feel like. People like that, um, I hold dear to my heart. You know, mm-hmm. um, someone that you can just not speak to for four or five months. As soon as you speak to him, it's just like you lot can't leave each other. It's like mm-hmm. that conversation, you don't want it to end, he don't want it to end, but you just you keep going until eventually you're saying, right, I got I got I got to go I got
0: it's bedtime <laughs> like, or like I gotta get the dinner I got, on I like,
1: gotta go work or mm-hmm. bro, I gotta go sleep or you know what I'm saying? So it's good for them friendships and um, mm-hmm. you know, I think people need to work on um Maintaining long-term friendships. Definitely, um, that's very good, man. Um, do you think many people suffer from childhood trauma?
0: Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I think um, most people probably do and don't even realize it. They're so used to survival mode. Um, I learnt the difference between like survival mode and like growing, basically. And I think when you're when you're in survival mode, your your body's in a permanent state of tension. You're not able to really taking like new surroundings or just new things because you're you're so busy on just trying to survive everything and like you said we sort of rebound to coping mechanisms that maybe we we went to when we were like younger to help us deal with situations that were probably really stressful and it may not we may be in situations that aren't even that level of stress but because we're so used to reacting to things how we did when we were children um unfortunately we take that on that we take that with us when we're older when we're in um in places where we're not that self-aware how do you think
1: someone can deal with childhood trauma how do you think someone can deal with it
0: i think you need to go to therapy i think therapy is something that gets stigmatized a lot in the uk i I know in america especially in the black
1: community because people don't even think that they think that you're you've got mental health if you if you're seeking therapy
0: a hundred percent i mean mental health um yeah it's again it's how how kind we are with each other when we talk about mental health it's actually having a better understanding and education on what mental health really is um I had the best thing a few years ago that really helped me understand that I need me have needed like you know some therapy and and help and you know I I went to counseling first and realized it wasn't really helping me because it was just bringing up a lot of stuff and not dealing with it and I realized coaching we kind of like look to how we can deal with things better and you know looking at the future rather than focusing on the past um but yeah when I came across this thing where it said you know if you was to like be in a road traffic accident or something like that or someone was to hurt you um you had like a really bad leg you have no issue going to the hospital to get that fixed so how come when you have a mental injury we don't seem to go and get help for that and when I h- had it that's, had that's- it said phrase that way it was just like powerful
1: that one there was a powerful one i'm not gonna lie that one powerful <laughs> say that again for the people please say so, say
0: if you were to like be in a road traffic accident or you know yeah you got run over something happened to you you have no problem going to the hospital to go and get that dealt with but how come when you have a mental injury you don't go and see someone to get that dealt with as well That's true uh, you know people don't mean to cause injury to lots of people. I know it seems like we live in a very selfish and greedy world. I try not to judge people as much. You know, I understand everyone comes from trauma. Everyone comes from certain things. But I feel like, unfortunately, a lot of us are just people walking around with these wounds that no one's been able to deal with. And it's just really learning to like, Destigmatize the thought of actually going to speak to someone about it. You know, Mm. yes, it's nice to talk to our friends and family members about things, but you know, they are going through their own things as well. You know, like everyone has their own issues that they're dealing with, and they Mm. maybe can't be that source of helping you the way that you need. So sometimes we need to go to that professional who doesn't know us, who's that, like I said, that outside perspective who can maybe see things a little bit more holistically than we can, Mm. can maybe shine light on areas that we're not used to having you know, having it been been shone on and it helps us over deal, overcome and deal with things a lot more. And, you know, that, like I, get, like I said, that's why I wanted to become a coach. I just wanted to be able to just put the spotlight on certain areas. Like I don't give my clients advice. I always ask them, what would they do? Or how about if somebody was coming to you with this same situation, like one of your close friends, mm. what would you tell them to do in the situation? Mm. I'm like, so why don't you do that then? Oh, uh. Mm-mm. But you've just had you've just found the solution, like you know what the solution is. you don't need me to tell you you know the solution, but of course you know you've got emotions, other things clouding you yeah. from making those actual decisions so do
1: you do you know what was um powerful what you just said yeah you just said something that was incredible um and it really um made me think you said that um sometimes we already know the answer to some things, but it's like we're not that's why it's good to have someone around you that mm-hmm. kind of pushes you towards it does that make sense it's not because sometimes you don't see that you know the answer already because you're, you're so much in your feelings and you're exactly. over emotional you're over you know angry whatever that emotion that is blocking your judgment A hundred. and that's why um it's really good for people to actually go and seek therapy and not i done counseling when i was like in year 11 okay i done counseling when i was in year 11 i speak about open i don't care anyone thinks i done counseling when i was in year 11 because um they said i was too violent Right, okay. In, in in secondary school, okay. they said I was too violent. Anyone knows my past knows um that could have been true, Well it was true. But then um what I realized from from that um you said that it's not about going back in the past, but for me going back in the past mm-hmm. made me identify where the problem started. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I confronted the problem where it came from. Who was the culprit of making me the way I was? Mm-hmm. And that made me break the cycle. Now to say raw, I'm never going to be like this with my children mm-hmm. ever. I'm going to always be... Because you don't realise that you inherit a lot of your of parents' course. trauma. Mm-hmm. A child inherits a lot of the parents' trauma.
0: If they haven't dealt with her. Right if, if they haven't dealt
1: with it. Because... Parents are passing on trauma to kids. I'll give you an example. If a child, if a, if a parent beats a child and he's always beating the child, mm-hmm. but that's because he was beaten. So he's passing down that same beating with a whip beating you with a whip now. Mm-hmm. It's it's a, it's a thing that, and that being with a whip came from all slavery times beating with the whip. Mm-hmm. So it, it was like a passed down trauma that was given. Now, mm-hmm. me in this day and age in 2000 or 1999, I'm getting beaten now mm-hmm. because of what he went through and what his father's his father put mm-hmm. him through. Mm-hmm. So we have to start breaking generational curses of course. and the first one i say is with the money you know people being financially stable and knowing where their money is and how they're making money you know what i'm saying not relying on just one income i i believe that not everybody can be an entrepreneur mm-hmm. that's my honest belief N- not everybody is going to make it that's the truth but you can work with somebody to become something great you see i think a lot of people don't see this mm-hmm. you see we see the just the jeff bezos we see the um whatever that Tesla guy is now his name? I can't Elon remember. Musk. Elon Musk, whatever his name is. We see them guys and we think those guys are big. What about the people that helped him to get to that position? They're just as important as he is. He wouldn't be able to operate if it wasn't for the person in the shadows that you don't know about. But that person if he's a billionaire, how much you how much money do you think that other person is? this is what i'm saying but his only job is to stay in the dark and do his job so this is what i'm trying to say sometimes what i've seen with a lot of people is that um they don't want to play their role they they want everything to be like 50 50 when the world that we're living in Mm -hmm. is the entrepreneur might run the whole business you might be playing some low position now but eventually when that he blows you're gonna blow as well that's true And I think a lot of people don't see that. They just see everything's from a selfish perspective. Does that yeah, make sense?
0: Yeah, in the spotlight, maybe the credit, um, yeah. the open credit. Like, um, I mean, I was having a conversation with um one of the sort of mentors, coaches that I looked up to, and it's explaining, you know, some of us are visionaries, and others of us are the people that help the visions. Like, I'm, I would say I'm definitely more of a. I have the ideas. I speak. Um, you know, I, I'm the sort of person who will speak an idea into existence and I need people who are more planners and who are able to like take I, what I've said and be like, right, this is what needs to happen. Whereas, cause I'm just so almost up in the air sort of thing. Like I have these things that need to have and I people to help me come down to ex- actually execute mm. it. So, you, you know, it's, it's about finding what your strengths are and play into that, you know? and
1: Do you know what? I th- do you know what's crazy about what you just said? My friend, mm-hmm. the same guy I was talking about, he had a book full of ideas mm-hmm. and he said he showed these ideas to everybody. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever thought nothing. He gave me the book and turned away, yeah, thinking this guy's gonna do the same thing. I opened the book and said, This is crazy, bruv. <laughs> How did you think of this? Let's do this tomorrow. Amazing. He turned around and said, Huh? What, what? What did you just say? Because he was shocked that I was so invested in what he was trying to do. And it made me realize something. It made me realize that. See, if you have the right people around you, Mm. you're always going to win. If you have the right people around you, you are always going to win. If you have the wrong people around you, you will never win. Mm -hmm. I'll just say this again. If you have the right people around you, you will win. Not on the basis of that, they're helping you to win. It's just that they're helping you with ideas. They're helping you with this little minor subtle things, minor subtle things. Like someone might be like, All right, I'm going to come. I'm going to be a person that just presses this on the camera. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm going to be the person that comes and deals with your audio. I'm going to be the person. And this is how businesses are formed. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? There's always someone at the bottom. And there's always someone at the top, but not everybody can be at the top it depends
0: on how you look at it though isn't it it's a pet like you said it's it's about getting that job satisfaction or that just that fulfillment whatever fulfills you if you are the sort of person who is fulfilled by you know getting things organized and you know being the like the the organizer and the planner then you know there's nothing wrong with that and if you're the sort of person like as much as I'm somebody who's now maybe putting their face out a little bit more I don't want to be this person that's like in front of too many people like I'm I don't do well like that I, I do better in smaller surroundings and mm. things like that like there's so many people I know that flourish in big crowds and things like that whereas me I freeze up get nervous like, I don't think that that's my that's my forte I like I said I work bigger and better in smaller circles so it's like it's just learning what it is that you that you are good at and what's going to fulfill you. And not, sometimes it's not always being in the spotlight. It's about being in in, in the back and realizing, like you said, it's, it doesn't matter, you know, if people see you, just know that you're getting that 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 validation from yourself because you've actually achieved something rather than needing other people to give you the round of applause. Like, you know, you've said it earlier, you've read, you've read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, so you must know that, you know, success doesn't happen overnight. People only see the, the final product. They only see, you know, once we've hit things they haven't seen all the obstacles all the times we got turned down all the no's all the all the years of work like all the years it's taken you to be able to get to a certain caliber or something you know people just see you win one thing and think wow look at you it's it's not that it's It's not that at all it's a lot of stuff behind it and like it's just understanding that yeah we have to put we have to put in a lot of work we have to go through a lot of things to be able to get to where we're at and you don't always need to be in the spotlight or need other people's round of applause to be able to be successful, to be a winner, you know?
1: I think that that's the, the definition of success and winning mm. is to every individual.
0: Definitely. My
1: success, what to me right now, being alive at this age, being able to even do this right now mm-hmm. with you. Yeah. I'm successful. Of course. Yeah. I don't even need anybody to tell me because I was in a low state, you know, mm-hmm. and Maybe people don't, maybe some people remember that and maybe some people don't, but I remember it. Mm -hmm. And that's what's important. It doesn't matter what the people think. It's about, I knew where I was and where I am now. So it's like, when you know what you've been through and your struggles, then everything is success to you. And you know what? I always talk about this here, about people being grateful and having gratitude. And I feel like gratitude is the cure to depression because you see when you're grateful for the things that you have in your life, Mm -hmm. whether it's big or small, the world becomes more beautiful because mm-hmm. you don't look at what everyone else has. You look at what you have. Exactly, And that does a f- something inside of hair, mm-hmm. something that money cannot buy. No person can give you advice on this. This is from the heart. You have to be a grateful person. I think a lot of people think, why is he always talking about gratitude? Gratitude is the cure to depression. When you're grateful for everything you have, even if you have a little, mm-hmm. like if you drive in a Ford Escort, 2001 like you're driving, you're driving. <laughs> you're
0: not on the pavement someone's on the bus on the bus with their bags or and they're looking at you
1: thinking i wish i could get that car and your car is yeah you're looking at your car like this is so old
0: compared to like the yeah the, the brand new bms that everyone's driving but at, like you said you're still in a better position you're still than, in a better position than
1: someone than else mm-hmm. you got a job okay your job's not the best job but, but guess what money. you're getting money mm-hmm. and you're being able to take care of your loved ones you have to worry about no one kicking off your door, no one trying to kill you. You got a nice, legit job. Mm-hmm. There's so many things. When I realized how much I got, I said, wow, you know what, yeah? I'm actually a millionaire without actually being Trust a millionaire. Me, you are
0: wealthy. We're so, I'm like- so
1: rich and I didn't <laughs> realize how rich I am.
0: Do you know what? It's not even about the materials. It's like, of course, it's amazing that we can have roofs over our head, the food, but you're like able bodied like do you know what I mean, both of your legs are working both of your arms you know what I mean mm. you can use your eyes your mouth your ears there's not even people that are, unfortunately have been blessed with that or they have and somehow unfortunately that's been taken away from them like just gratitude for that in itself because you know one day we're gonna get older we may not be able to function as well as we can now mm. so we need to be able to be grateful for this like really take care of these things and I mean gratitude like you said it's secure for depression gratitude saved my life like no other way about it like when I started to to just wake up in the morning and be grateful for breath be grateful that God decided to give me another day today do you know Mm. what I mean God is like allowing me to go to work and like you said make money and I'm allowed you know I can have three meals on the table I can water it's not a stress like I'm a blessed person you know Mm. what I mean and when you when you say that and yeah it's a it's a different air I definitely started to move with a different air and energy about me and um of course we're we're all human we are flawed so we you know little things might get to us but I death I dedicate my mornings and my even my evenings. so before I go to bed and when the first when I when I first wake up I go for a gratitude walk I dedicate that to gratitude I have to start my day thankful end my day thankful and you know sometimes in between there'll be certain things that happen and I just got to look up and say thank you Mm. sometimes when you're like you're you're driving even, and there's a near miss. Someone nearly comes into you, and you make it out of it. Thank you. <laughs> like, it's true. Thank you. Like it's true. Do you know what I mean, just little little blessings that come through. Just say thank you because, um like I said, it just changes the way you look at things. It changes your perspective. It changes you from a lack perspective to a to an abundance.
1: I love. Tangent. I just love being grateful and. um i always say this because i think that a lot of people they suffer with watching what everyone else has you see you see the moment that i stopped looking at what everyone else has and Mm -hmm. i started to look at what i have that's what i said i started to realize that i have so much and in material i'll say Mm -hmm. that in one thing because i do i'm not even going to sit here and laugh but i'm talking about in just me what Mm -hmm. i have like i think a lot of people don't put down that you still got your mom you still got your dad you still have some people that you can say, yo, I'm, mm. I'm calling my mum right now. A lot of people can do that. Mm. I'm calling my dad right now. Their, their parents have passed away. Mm-hmm. They would wish they could have one more conversation with that person just to, even just a general conversation just to see their face. Mm. They can't. So I feel like once you start to learn to be grateful, all your friendship, everything is built of gratitude, and that means it's built of longevity because you don't want to lose people because you're just grateful for them to just even be there, even as a person, mm-hmm. just sitting there, just to be there as a person so I can walk into the house. Like the other day, I was speaking to someone, and they were like, uh, My dad don't really do nothing for me. And I said, like, You're a big man, you, you don't really need your dad to be doing anything. But I said, <laughs> You know what? There's not much people that ain't even got their dads. Mm-hmm. You can come home and see your dad and your mum, yeah? Mm-hmm. A lot of people who've come from broke, broken homes, dad's all out somewhere, they don't know where their dad is. At least you can say, My dad's at my, my mom mum's house i could walk in there see him and say wagwan pups even if he ain't nothing at least you could say wagwan pups it's you know true. what i'm saying to me that was a blessing but you, you don't even see that because you're so ungrateful mm-hmm. that you're looking at everyone else and thinking oh my dad's not like this and i'm like bro at least you have a dad true. be happy for everything that you have because someone out there wishes what they could have what you have and that's where um i think the cure for depression is not looking at what other people have and looking at what you have you know
0: true it comes with acceptance though doesn't it you have to learn to accept I think I was definitely someone who learned didn't know how to accept things like Mm. things are going not how I want it to go or you know like you said like I didn't come from like the best beginnings or whatever but it's like what is the point in trying to change things that you can't change or trying to Mm. or you know being mad at things that you can't change like oh you know your dad's not the best dad or whatever like man just accept him for who he is like accept him and like I said, it's that then it takes that expectation of that person. Like, oh, you know, as a dad, you should be this. Do you know what? It would be great if most dads were like this. Or it'd be great if it, if most mums would be like this as well, you know. Um, mm. Not just dads out here that have caused trauma and yes. toxicity to um, us. You know, a lot of it does come from our mums as well. Mm. Yes, they may not be the best parents, but just accept them for who they are. Mm. And then you can you can move accordingly that way but when you don't you're always going to get into certain reactions or situations and at the end of the day it's only going to affect you it's only going to make your day not good or you're not going to make the best decisions because you're all angry or upset with things that again you have no control over you cannot change just accept it for what it is so do you
1: do you think that um uh because i wanted to go on to this question do you hmm. think that? Um, People hold themselves accountable Especially women Do you think women Hold themselves accountable?
0: I don't think a lot of people Hold themselves accountable But um, I'm starting to see A lot of places where women Probably don't hold hold themselves Accountable a lot
1: And wh- why do you think that is?
0: I think again it comes from Like sort of accepting themselves um, Maybe shame, guilt Things like that Just not wanting to believe Or accept that maybe They've done something wrong I think yeah, I think it comes from a lack of acceptance, you know, accepting that we are flawed human beings, you know, we're humans, we're going to make mistakes, doesn't justify when I say these things, people think that means, oh, that's an excuse. No, it's not an excuse. But if we've acted a a type of way, we can't go back and change that. Now, we can only sort of reflect on that by accepting responsibility, being accountable for that. And then, right, why did I do that, you know, what was the trigger, what was the, what was the cause of that, was it something I'd done, was it something someone else had done, how do I move accordingly with that person, you know, is it, you know, is that, you know, is that something that I need to be around or is that something that I, you know, I I need to react or be around differently and then, yeah, then you can move on from there but once you've acted a type of way, yeah, you kind of need to accept that, you know, hold yourself accountable but like I said, people Unfortunately, there's a lot of um, emotions that come about with accepting responsibility for your actions. Like I said, shame and guilt, and that kind of pushes people into a place of denial.
1: Denial. It's not just a river in Egypt. Yeah. (laughs) So do you know what's um, incredible um, that you've actually said that a lot of women don't hold accountability, but a lot of women will say that they do. But the thing is, on social media, men are held accountable for everything that they've actually done. And that's why we have words like misogynist. Mm. If a man like, starts talking about women in a certain way, he's automatically described with the terminology mm-hmm. misogynist. When in jet, he's just trying to hold women accountable for bad behavior. I saw a video the other day. Mm. I think it was yesterday. I saw a video. Yeah? Listen to this video. I saw a video of um, a woman slapping a man. He came, sat next to her, tried to touch her phone. She slapped him. Broke his glasses. Right. Now, as much as everybody was laughing, saying, "Oh my God, look at that slap! Look at that slap!" Right, it's
0: not if
1: right. the if the if the shoe was on the other foot and she was playing a joke and he done that to her, what do you think the comments would have been? He would have been cancelled. Yeah. You know yes. that, right? Yes.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So why was it acceptable for her to do it's that? Not acceptable. Do, do you see where I'm going with no, social not media not, now? But no. everybody in the comments, if you read the comments closely, they're like, mm. oh, that slap though, ah, laughing. And I was thinking, what? Mm. He, that looked like a hard slap. Mm. Regardless of it was, it broke his glasses. And I was thinking, what? And I was thinking, if he would have reacted by slapping her back, the automatic reaction from everybody on social media is he's wrong for that. Yeah. Cool. But why is it right for her to do it it's in the first right place? It's
0: not right for her to do it. You're not, It doesn't matter what, um sex you are you know whatever sex you claim to be you're not meant to hurt anybody I mean if you do hurt somebody you have to be accountable for that you have to make your apologies and things like that um yeah I I don't care what what you are you have to um around me anyway you have to act accordingly and I will hold you accountable if you won't um but yeah, I know, it, unfortunately, with social media and in a lot of things in general, there just are double standards, you know, there's double standards to certain mm. things. And, you know, whether or not I agree with it or not, that's just the way it is. But, you know, again, if I had a friend who did something like that, I wouldn't turn around and say that, so that was hilarious. So I would look at them and speak to them in a way where it's like, you need to understand that that's not acceptable. You can't go around doing that to people. Um you can only hope and pray that that person does have people around them to sort of um, highlight that to them.
1: There's also a video. Um, I always talk about stuff that on social media with people. So to get their perspective, there's a video of a, um, a kid that supposedly, and I say, apparently, I'm not sure of the full story. So I'm just going to say there's a kid that was on the street and was crying. And the guy's like, where's your parents? Where's your mom? Uh, and filming the child like where's your mum where's your mum like how could you just be out here like where's your mum and he's filming the child and the child's crying at that moment but and he's just looking around and say oh there's no mum and then stop recording it. now (laughs) um, I had my own take on this video yeah Um, when I see things now I look at it from I proper analyse things now Mm. and my first thing was why is he recording a child Mm -hmm. wouldn't It makes sense if you see a child that's, first of all, tend to the child. Tend to them.
0: And then try to look for a solution. And then
1: look for a solution, as in, i.e. call the police Mm -hmm. or call someone that can actually help. Like, you might have someone in your phone book. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Why would you record the child saying, where's your mum? Where's your mum? A child that's like four, three years old. What are they going to say to you? They're at home. (laughs) Like yeah can you take me there I live up the road at number four can you take me there please Mm -hmm. like what was the response that he was looking for the child or was was that a sincere move or was that a social media plight to to say that I'm going to put this on social media what would you what would you get from a video like that
0: I mean it's really weird because obviously I did grow up in a time where it was before social media and then I grew up through social media becoming a thing and um, I definitely was somebody who at the beginning of my life was posting a lot of stuff on social media and then I had like time out. But I can only go with that people these days, they they, this is what they think is the norm to do now. Like I notice when I'm one of these people, I've had to become a lot more mindful at maybe recording memories or taking pictures of memories because I was just, I'm somebody who has my phone in their handbag. Like I don't have it out. But a lot of people... They do. Their phone is constantly in their hand. They record everything. So, I I mean, I don't know if that's a thing where they're just being like, you know, I can't believe this is happening. You know, let me sort of shed a light on it. Or if it, you know, unfortunately, it could be maybe like a clout thing, you know, a viral thing. I know loads of people just want to do certain things so that it gets some more attention, more likes and things like that on social media. But I don't know. I can... I, I don't want to judge people. That's not the thing. It's, it's not even judging. It's hoping about to like it's, hoping to think that maybe they were doing it for a good reason by shedding. All right, let's
1: mind. just break this down now. Let's break this down. All right, mm. putting children on social media that's not your children. Is that correct?
0: No, I don't Okay,
1: so that. automatically, that, that the whole pr- um, concept of what he's doing is incorrect. Mm-hmm. Because if you had a child, you wouldn't like someone to be filming your child. Of
0: course, but at the same time, I'm st- trying to look at it from in the moment where maybe this isn't something that happens to him every day. He's maybe not thinking he's probably not thinking sensibly i'm not justifying his actions Mm. but i'm also seeing it from a point where he's probably just so used to having it out he's seen like an unusual circumstance and he thinks he's maybe doing something useful but he's not actually like using his full brain and it's like like, this is not a good thing like to do like don't put your child on social media but again i'm the sort of person who who's not big on putting kids on social media but unfortunately there's a lot of people out here that do like Mm. you know there's a lot of parents that have you know they've set up why do you
1: think for. why do why why are you not with putting children on social media
0: i just don't agree with it as much you know like it's i'm funny with people putting things up on me on, on the internet that i haven't agreed to you mm. know i think there's it's a right you know if it's on the internet it's there forever and i think with children one we don't know who's watching the uh, mm. our children um to you know they have the right to sort of have a say on things you know again I'm different I grew up before social media I was a kid and mm. there was no such thing as social media so mm. I never was looking at my parents sitting on the phone being like oh I want to do what that kid's doing in the video I want to be on the internet like that for me that was looking at like music videos being like I want to be like that mm. but now it's more so these phones that are in front of them so maybe kids get to five six seven and they're like I want to do these sort of things but I can only hope and pray that when it's my day that I have children that I'm not the type of mum that's constantly showing that to them so that's not on their, their forefront I still want my children to sort of be kids and not have that life on social media as much but I have to look at the other side of the coin when they're going to school and all the other kids are doing that am I being am I being the type of person that's not letting them get in on what everyone else is doing but then Am I trying to build, am I trying to raise a leader or a follower? Um,
1: Ooh, that's the one right there. That's so <laughs> the one right there. Are you raising a leader or a follower? Or a follower and, you know, and it, you know, if you raise a follower, then you can't be, you can't be mad that the when problem. they make follower mistakes. It's true. Yeah.
0: It's exactly that. So, I mean, I'd like to think that when I do have children um, and I'm with the partner who, um, you know, who's raising the children that we, we have, we give them the right guidance to make their own decisions and, hopefully they are the sort of person where it's becoming a leader where it's it's not like you know leader doesn't mean out here like hurting the people but they have their own mind you know what I mean Mm -hmm. they they can see things that everyone else is doing and not agree with that if it's not the best thing to do you know I feel like you can look around sometimes and people will blindlessly just follow what other people are doing because that's what they're doing without even quite, or even they do sort of think maybe this isn't right, but they still do it because they look around and everyone else is doing, doing it. it. And it's just like, I've done that. I've definitely been, a, been somebody who's done that. And now I'm more so now, how do I feel about this? Like, yeah. is my spirit right with doing this? Like, do you know what? Maybe everyone is going that way, but I'm i I'm gonna go where I want to go because my spirit's telling me something different. Like mm. just trying to get more in tune with that than, Doing what everyone else is sort of doing
1: It's it's a good way to be Um, Do you think that um, Growing up that You experienced uh, You experienced Your parents being there for you In every single way possible
0: No That's not being harsh to my parents I love my parents But unfortunately not no
1: And how do you think that affected you growing up
0: uh <laughs> yeah. I think that was. I think it's funny because I grew up thinking my dad was my biggest um, cause of why I, why I was the way I was. Like, my dad was like in and out of my life throughout my childhood, sort of thing. Um, but as I grew older, I, feel, actually, I say older. I'd say about it was only a, a few years ago. Like literally oh, wow. before. I started this journey of becoming a life coach when I was literally in midst of my huge breakthrough in myself on my own self-discovery journey. I realised that it was actually my relationship with my mum that probably caused me the most um, mm. sort of damage to my esteem, my confidence. Mm. Um, just her emotional states. I didn't realise that actually... I was quite a people pleaser because I was very good at just trying to make sure my mum was good and calm with mm. me even though I wasn't even the cause of why she was emotionally up. What was in the arms. what was the cause? Probably my dad, mm. bills, life, life things like yeah. that. Do you yeah. know what I mean like I whatever oh, in fact her previous traumas, you mm. know. I was taken on
1: that as a kid because See, I you see that d- d- you see what <laughs> remember what I said. Do you remember what I said to you earlier? Mm-hmm. I said that parents pass down trauma mm-hmm. to their children. They do. I got it done to me and I'm not I'm not hateful for it. I don't I don't they hate didn't know any better. I didn't I don't mm-hmm. hate my pups for the things that he done to me. Mm-hmm. If as a matter of fact, it, it kind of built me and my character as a person mm-hmm. and it made me a better person because you can see something's done something to someone so you shouldn't let that now make you a certain way towards your children exactly because it makes sense it's like for me personally it was identifying that raw he actually went through his mm-hmm. own stuff which made him a certain way mm-hmm. and he was trying to pass it on to me and to a certain extent for a few years maybe i was going through my own stuff and i didn't realize why it was like the way it was mm-hmm. but then when i obviously come to the realization to myself that raw this is this is mad like why am i like this and then mm-hmm. You start to look at yourself in the mirror because you know one of the hardest things I've ever had to do in my life Mm here is look in the mirror and say, "I'm the problem."
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm Mm -hmm. forget everyone else. I'm the problem, problem. and you know what? I need to change this. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. He done whatever he done, but you see me now. I'm perpetuating this nature on everyone else. Mm -hmm. I need to change, Uh and from the moment I done that was the moment that. I became a better person inside of myself because I stopped blaming the world and I started blaming myself. And when you start to do that, the only thing that can happen from there is growth. It's true. Only thing from there is growth. You can't go low. Mm -hmm. You can't because you've identified problems. So now you have to be um, a problem solver. And that's one thing I've got from this conversation with you is that Mm -hmm. from the sounds of it, it sounds like you're more of a problem solver than a problem maker that you wanna solve problems. You don't wanna just sit there with them. You wanna actually find, all right, how do, I, how do I get, see me, I'm the person, I'm in a situation. Someone's like, they're telling me the whole bad situation. I'm like, just get to the end. How do we fix it? Like, how do we get, forget all of that. How do we get past it? All right, so what we gotta do, I'm like, you just said that from the start because all I wanna know is the how we fix it. I don't wanna know that if I'm at work and there's an issue happening on the system and I'm like, mm. How do I do this? He's like, do this. I'm sh- before he's even finished the sentence, I'm on mm-hmm. on the the, the the solution because I'm a I'm a problem solver. That's my my, my whole mm-hmm. thing is problem solving. For instance, I'll give you an example. When I first started podcast, I bought a cheap mic.
0: Okay.
1: I was listening to the mic and I was like, it sounds good, doesn't sound that great. All right. Went online, listened to other people's podcasts. I'm like, why is there sound like that? And mine sound like this. So I looked at the mics they were using. I said, oh, road. All right, let me go online and see. Oh it's a lot of money, play. Mm. it's kind of expensive. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to invest in it because mm-hmm. here now, here why? I wanted that problem of that audio because there was a problem. Mm-hmm. If I'm identifying that my audio doesn't sound good, mm-hmm. then that's a problem. That's I need to fix that problem. Instead of sitting there saying, oh, I need everyone to give me money or you know what? Um I'm just going to keep using it and mm-hmm. try and turn up the volume. No, mm-hmm. let me just fix the problem. That's and I true. feel like, if you have that mindset through your life, just fixing problems, mm-hmm. you're always going to come out on the other side of any problem you go through as a sure. winner. As a winner. Even if that problem, even if you have to cut certain people off mm-hmm. to actually make that problem win or um, not cut people off. Because if family members, you have to reduce contact
0: definitely re- reduce to, yeah reduce put contact some in, put some yeah, big space big space big space
1: um, yeah and it's healthy healthy boundaries, healthy mm-hmm. boundaries you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying so mm-hmm. so that they can't have that kind of control Access does that make sense you. as soon as I see you acting that same way all right, I'm um, gone. I'm I'm gone. I'm gone. No problem. Have a nice day. I'm not going to be disrespectful. I'm not going to be rude. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be the bigger person and keep it moving. And I'm not going to let you affect anything else that's going on with me. Because a lot of times our family issues affect our relationships. Oh, 100%. We're we're, we're all over the place of our relationship and it's because of this person what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So I've learned now, as soon as I feel that toxicity, just sinking in a little bit,
0: I'm like, you know what? Have a nice day. I'm
1: going to go. I'm gonna. Um, I'm gone before people even think. They're like, where are you? Yeah, I'm gone. I've been gone. That's true. I'm in my own world now. I'm back to doing me. I'm not going to accept certain people's bad behaviors on me anymore. You know, when you're younger and you're in a situation where you can't really move and you're, you're kind of feeble and you're just a child and you can't really fend for yourself. As you grow older and you can take care of yourself, you realize that you have a lot of control over your fate to a certain extent. 100%. You know what I'm saying? So you can remove yourself from situations that you don't want to be in. So, yeah, that was a very good point. Um, That's very about. true
0: I just wanted to quickly say Because um, you said something as well About going back And I wanted to elaborate When I went counselling I went because of like my relationship with my mum mm. And it was like She unpacked We unpacked all this The stuff that had happened mm. And each week We just kept talking about it And I was like Okay It feels good to like acknowledge how she is And mm, mm. complain about her But we ain't so what do I do now? Like, what do I do now? It's like, I'm in this mess. Like, I'm in this, like, okay, like, she did this and I've understood that. Wow. Like, she is the cause of maybe a lot of how I've, I've reacted to certain things. I've taken on her, how her behaviour, I took on a lot of her behaviour. Looking at how, I love my mum's pieces, but there's certain things I did not want to continue to, you know, grow Mm. up and be. Um, so yeah, I'm now looking at, I come back to her and I've been like, so what do we do now? And it was just, she just wanted to keep going around in circles and that. And I was like, you know what? This is making me anxious as hell. Like this is making me, you know, bringing up stuff, but we're not we're not moving forward. So I, I realised then I needed something more that was like, okay, yes, it's good to go back to get what we need. We need to find out the information, identify the root causes. But how do we move forward with that? How do I now take that forward and put a spin on it where I'm not gonna now keep, like you said, perpetuating that same behavior, you know. Growing up, seeing how my mum was in relationships, I didn't realize that I then went, got into a four and a half year relationship where I was pretty much reenacting that same thing.
1: Mm. I can't do that.
0: I can't do that now, do you know what I mean? I've got this information, how do I move past that? And I needed that extra guidance to help me, again, shine the light on how i can now move differently and literally that's what i do to help with women i help women understand why they've done certain things they've done Mm. the causes of it and then yeah how they can move why why
1: is the focus only on women when it could be a man that says he wants to be coached why why can't it be a man as well
0: so i have a few reasons why i don't want to help men and it's nothing um you know bad one i'm a woman i feel like i can relate mostly to a woman's experience on this Mm. earth Mm. more than I can do a man's you know you guys see the world through completely different lenses to to I do two there's some great male coaches out there that can really help I think men need to be able to help men a lot more as well they need to have that community spirit of helping other men grow and three I don't want to blur lines you know um in a sense of
1: blur lines okay
0: from my perspective but Sometimes when people may think that you're helping them, they may come, they may see it in a different way. They may see you in a different light. And I don't want there to ever be that sort of, yeah, that awkwardness of maybe different feelings coming about, you know, this is my profession. I want to keep things 100% professional. I don't want to have awkward conversations with people who might want to see me in a different light because I've helped them through certain things
1: also so you're saying that a lot of men might uh interpret your helping them as liking them and then emotional
0: potentially I just don't want to put that out there you know again Mm. I'm going to be potentially well I will be one day having a husband and things like that it's going to be quite intimate you know it's a quite an intimate thing coaching and Mm. being a therapy of, of to people and for me I feel like I work better helping women who've been through similar circumstances to me. I know a lot of mixed race women out there yeah. who grew up maybe not liking their hair, not liking certain things about them, have gone on to make, you know, terrible decisions based on that. Let me help them. I got coached and um, grew my, um, yeah, got to my certification by, you know, help the careers of the world. I don't think there's many men who are the careers of the world and, Mm. you know i wouldn't expect them to be okay
1: that, that makes that makes perfect sense I and mean, you said it in a very um eloquent way very <laughs> eloquent yeah um do you think that uh life coaching is something that's not mentioned a lot um because i don't really see a lot of people doing life coaching nowadays w- why do you think people um are not picking it up doing life coaching
0: Um, I don't think it's a a field where it's like it's seen as like a therapist you know it's kind of like it's not accredited you don't have to have certification to be able to do it Um, people probably don't take it seriously Um, I don't think there's a a lot of information about what life coaches do and um, you know I think if you spoke to me about a life coach maybe four or five years ago I would have probably Mm. laughed in your face what does a life coach know what you Mm. know sort of thing it's just I feel like you go to a life coach when you come to a realization that you, like you said, you want to make changes. A life coach isn't somebody who's going to hear your problems and be that shoulder to cry on. And, you know, like you said, okay, you've given me all this information. I'm a little bit more emotional with it. Do you know what I mean? I have to relate to emotions and things like that. I understand mm-hmm. that emotions play a part in it. But what we're going to do moving forwards, how you you, you've come to me and told me that this is what you want. And the big thing that I help the women that I coach with is envision where they want to be. Mm. Where do you want to be when you can feel, see and almost taste that. We're not going to now look at that gap as a bad thing, like we're going to say, right, well, here we are. Here's where you are in life where you how can we make that happen? How can we bridge that gap to where you want to be? What is stopping you from bridging that gap? Cause there's always a stop. And you know, most of the time it's our belief system. It's what we think about ourselves. It's what we think about the world. It's what we think about other people. When we stop looking at people from a bad lens, you know, like, you know, all men are trash or all women are selfish and don't wanna work. And, you know, stop looking at everyone as that. Understand that some people act and behave in certain ways. It's not our place to save them. It's not our place to judge them just make sure you have what you want in mind because when you do, you will eventually find that person who matches and who's in line with who you are, your values and things like that and that's why I don't pay no mind to people who don't match my criteria of what I'm looking for in a person. What is it that you're looking for? in, In a husband. I'm looking for people who have similar values to me. That's in friendship, relationship. That's not just My partner, but someone who shares the same values as me, Mm. somebody who's looking to continuously grow, who understands that they've come from something that come from a past that maybe hasn't been the best, but that's not holding them back. They're using that as their fuel to make them become a better person, and Mm. literally that somebody who's dedicating their their life to become a better person, so they can not only help themselves, help the people around them, and you know eventually one day raise a family to be. As best as they can be You know I'm not going to sit here And say we're going to Raise perfect kids Because again
1: What's the All right, Let me get to this Who's had the most Positive Impact on your life
0: The most positive Impact on my life Wow I'd say it's probably One of my closest mates Um, Kaz I'm going to do A shout out to you Kaz
1: Shout out to Kaz. Shout out to you Kaz. Shout out to Kaz. Um, I don't know who you are Kaz but yeah very love over there. <laughs> no yeah. there is. Um, we were
0: really we she was the first friend I made when I moved down to Bournemouth. She was um, she was a black girl and um, she told me that yo we are that we are not many of us we've got to stick together sort of thing and we were very similar but we had very different outlooks on life and i think we were both going for our own trauma so she was um she she had emigrated from zimbabwe i think at the age of nine so she was carrying a lot of trauma from that and i was carrying my trauma from whatever i grew up with and we clashed a lot as sort of kids and it got to a point when we were maybe about say 21 22 where our friendship just sort of like just didn't speak to each other we had some things happen we just didn't speak to each other and she reached out to me about I think now two years ago now and I'm so grateful she did because we were both in places where we were able to acknowledge where we'd messed up in our friendship we understood each other's it was like we're not even angry at that because we understood that we're both going for our own things and from that now um, we have one of the best relationships and she's such an inspiration to me like in a sense of like what she does career-wise, what she does like business-wise, like everything like that, she's such an inspiration. To if I didn't get back in contact with her, I probably wouldn't be a life coach right now. That's just me. Being wow,
1: 100. Kaz. <laughs> so yeah, shout I've got to give you. her the credit. Yeah, shout but, out to you. That's yeah. that's 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 amazing, man. That's that's incredible. Um, also, um, another question I wanted to ask you mm-hmm. was, um, do you see, um in a relationship what is it that you look what do you think what do you look for I'm asking you specifically we're going we're going this is a specific question I don't
0: like to talk about
1: this well we're going to get into it we have I to I don't like to talk about we it have, we, have to get in, we have to get into it let's get into it mm-hmm. what is it that you look for the most in a relationship
0: like I said shared values that's a, our values in line that's
1: a very um open-ended um, answer meaning that it, it, that could mean millions of things it
0: could but yeah, if we have those shared values then we're gonna both provide what I, we're gonna both be providing what we need to the relationship. So I'll, I'll for instance, I'll give you my first value, yes. love. Love, and people think love is certain things. Love for me is selfless. Love is kind. Love is putting the other person, other person's feelings at the forefront. And that doesn't mean that you're out here not giving to yourself doing everything for that other person no love is you know it's it's being it's it's being there for that person it's doing things out of love it's doing things because you know that this is going to help the relationship it's going to help each other grow you know yeah. that's going to put some. you know just doing little things that you know is going to put a smile on that other person's face it doesn't yeah. even need to be like these big things but you know like if she likes the bed to be done a certain way and you like you know she likes you know certain chocolate and you've maybe made the bed for her and you put the chocolate on the bed like that you know you've done things because you know that's going to put a smile on their face or you know Mm. you know he's had a stressful day and his favorite meal is this and you know I'm going to cook up his favorite meal because he's had a stressful day like Mm. things that are just done because you want to help people you want to help that person like Mm. love is my love is my definitely my number one value and that's not just in relationships that's in everything if you're doing things out of love then you're I think that's the best thing that you can do things so I feel like if we share those are my main values, my core values, mm. or your core values complement mine, then then we're gonna have a great relationship for as long as our relationship. Do
1: will you think? Last. Do you think people place more? And this is a question I asked you already, mm-hmm. but I'm asking you again. Do you think people place more emphasis on relationships than actual marriage? I
0: don't think you've asked me this question, but could you elaborate?
1: So, for instance, I'll give you an example. Um, everyone's talking about dating, going into relationship, getting into relationships, how to be best person in a relationship. How are we not using that same energy for marriage? Do you depends think depends what you want. depends. So, do you think conversations nowadays are more... um, And the way that people are now is that there's not a value placed on marriage.
0: No. It, it depends. It depends on the people. So, I know people who have always... Place a value on marriage, and that's very important to them. I know people that have always dated in ways where they're going to be finding their partner for marriage, and then I know people who don't believe in marriage they don't believe that they should have to sign a piece of paper because of multiple different reasons so I can't put that out there in a general sense because I believe there are people out here that are they want marriage i think I think it's more so there's people out here that say they want marriage but they don't understand what marriage is. They don't understand what it takes for marriage. And I'll give an example of that in a different thing. I was having this conversation with a few other coaches the other day. In People want a lot of things, but they don't understand the responsibility of having that. They don't understand the responsibility of maintaining that. And I'll just take it for even the simplest thing as a car. And I can use that as an example for myself. I couldn't wait to start driving. I cannot wait to get a car I'm done with buses, done with trains, mm. done with walking in the rain whatever I need a car I got like a cheap car or whatever but I didn't realize the maintenance that goes on that car that mm-hmm. I need to also like buy tires Like insurance I knew about insurance but I'm just talking about like if your head gasket goes or do you know what I mean certain things and you have to constantly put petrol in it I didn't know how long I didn't know how long my petrol was going to last and you obviously you're darting around all this and that you know that's ongoing maintenance that I didn't I didn't realise or maybe want to have to budget for in what my lifestyle was. And I think people don't take that into consideration with a lot of things like, you know, I want to be able to be a millionaire. OK, say you go out tomorrow or, you know, for the next year, you you bust it and you and you make yourself a million pounds. How are you going to maintain that mini- that millions? Do you do you know what it takes to be able to actually maintain yourself being a millionaire, or are you going to be a millionaire for a month and then you, you've, your your lifestyle, your outgoings now makes you not a millionaire anymore? It's mm. understanding what is it that goes into a marriage. What does it take to be somebody of a marriage? And I think that's what people need to sort of understand before they sort of say they want marriage and 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 go for that, if you know what I mean.
1: I think that the, um, the importance of marriage has been brushed to the side with the new generation because mm-hmm. it's not something that is um, spoken about because um, a lot of the youngsters is not even looking for marriage, if I'm honest with you. Um, unless it's for like religious reasons. Some mm-hmm. people, they have religions that they follow that they can't really be in a relationship. They have to just get married. They see one or the other. Mm-hmm. And there's some people that... Um, you know, family values. Their family's not accepting other than marriage. Mm-hmm. But then you have, nine let's say, six out of seven out of p- ten people that are in relationships, but they don't know where the relationship is going. So mm-hmm. they're thinking of buying a house. They're mm-hmm. thinking of doing all these things with their partner, mm-hmm. but they're not realising that a marriage is more than just a piece of paper. Let me just tell you something. Mm-hmm. People, someone said this to me and I had to just close down this whole debate about a marriage is just a piece of paper. It's not mm-hmm. just a piece of it's paper. Not. Let me tell you something. When you need to drive, you need to have a what? Driving license. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that piece of paper, can you drive on the road? Maybe. But guess what? You might get pulled over. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying to you is there's some papers. I might have a degree. Now, me and you both go for a job. You haven't got a degree. I've got a degree. To you, it's just a piece of, to you, it's just a piece of paper. But this piece of paper is getting me that job for 60 grand a year. Mm. You're not going to get it. You're going to be my assistant for 30 grand. So what I'm saying is, I'm not always saying the paperwork's always good, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, but I'm, I'm, I'm just don't. saying in general <laughs> that sometimes we we, we, we not oh, it's just a piece of paper, but it's not just a piece of paper. It's actually a contract. That's a business contract right there you're getting into. You, people don't realise this. Marriage is a business contract. Do you actually understand that? You're, you're, you're prepared to go into a business contract with someone that's what you're actually doing i
0: don't want to see it as a business contract at all but I, I get it it ties it does tie obviously your finances and things of course like that it does. Of course, i'm not saying i'm not saying it's not i've never been that sort of thing but i for me i take it more than finance i i was having a conversation with a guy i was on a date with the other day and he was i said oh yeah i value marriage and he was like oh no i i take it or leave it but yeah i'm big on having kids and i was a bit like
1: do you know how, so, you know so how dumb that like, sounds so
0: I was just like So you were willing to go halves On a whole life with me But you don't want to marry And you know his reasons Because obviously he's got finances You know he, you might take half of everything I said but you'd rather Go half on a child with me Than give me half of your assets Like I'm not saying that I'd want Half of your assets But to me it just sounds crazy Like Surely if you get in, if you're with somebody that you want to have a baby with, like I said, it's you, you love and care for this person, like this person that you can't imagine being without that person, like that, that's the person for you that's going to make your journey even better. You you two together, you're good, you're good alone, but when you're together, you're a force, You're, 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 you're the, you make each other better, you make, you make everything better. Of course sometimes not everything lasts forever. I'd like to I'd like to hope that when I do get married that it's going to last forever, but I understand.
1: But do you know what's crazy about what he said? Do you know what's actually crazy? Wow. He's ready to have a baby with a woman that's not his wife. That is actually more crazy that's than it's having I mean. a baby because let me tell you what if you was married and you had a child, that makes sense. Of course. it makes it makes sense. It I mean like I mean li- logically it makes sense like forget her taking half the assets. If you're married to her and you have a child, she takes all the assets. She's got your child anyway.
0: Exactly. So it doesn't That's, make sense. Isn't, so, isn't your child more valuable than assets? Anything that you make on the planet. But you know what? That
1: shows me the, where, where my man's and head is. Comi- and do you know
0: what I mean? It's commitment. And I'm not even sound like marriage, a hater. I'm not marriage, even so like a saying, hater. But, but, but marriage is commit. For me, marriage is commitment. And for me, it's like, if you can't commit to me, why would you want me to have, have a child? your child? Like, how... so, cause
1: you're still going to, it's like,
0: but it's, like, it's not even about me when it comes to the child. I'm like, how can I say to my child that this person is a committed person? If he couldn't even make that commitment to me, at least if, if, if I get married, I do everything right. I try, you know, as, as best as I can do. And it still goes left. I can at least look at my child and say, look, I tried, like, you know, I, I yeah. showed me some yeah. commitment, you yeah. showed me big commitment, yeah. showed me all of this. And,
1: it, different so work. Still it never worked yes. I'm
0: sorry you know we're raising you as best as we can but at least from my standpoint I've I've done the best so what did
1: you want to my mother anyway I don't want to get into that so but anyway.
0: look, again I don't get mad at these people <laughs> for saying it I just rather like for me I'm That's glad they show me who it is but I will question of course I play devil's advocate with it. I was like right okay it makes sense so yeah because
1: uh, <laughs> cool. you know what if a man I, I believe any man that goes into a relationship talking about I don't want to get married because I don't want to take it half yeah it what just shows me your mind is placed on material mm-hmm. more than the the spiritual and what i mean by that is the the love aspect of everything you know i was saying this to someone the other day yeah you see dr dre's wife yeah he's oh. left his wife's left him but she wanted this much money i oh. said she deserves every penny don't even look at the money she deserves. Bro, if a woman puts up with some man, let me tell you something. Some of my friends out there, I don't even know how you're in relationships. I don't know how the woman stands you up. But she is the best woman in the world. I said to my friend the other day, I said to him, bro. He said, oh, this woman, I'm going to leave her. I said, bro, she's the best woman ever. He's like, how do you know? I said, bro, she puts up with you.
0: I'm putting this up on my <laughs> socials. This what, what he's just said here, I've never heard it, so...
1: That is, <laughs> if, if she can part with him I'm telling you she's the best woman ever marry her have kids never leave her because brother I'm telling you sometimes being around you it's, it's, it, it, it drains bro it drains so I don't know how she does this on a 24 hour basis I don't know how she does it so bro marry her she's a good woman I don't care what you say about what she's a bad side she's a good woman because she stayed with you all these years bro she stayed with you brother trust I, me I, I see, know I so-
0: see it as like in, do you know what I mean like a woman should Add to you, Pop, each, each person should add to each other. Do you know what I mean? But I think, like, you know, people look down on, oh, you know, you're a stay at home. I don't have kids. My sister's got, I've got a nephew. Boy, boy, he is turning three next month. And it's just like,
1: yeah, it's crazy. Boys got better energy. They're running up and down, doing the most.
0: The energy is the maddest. And it's like, that's the f- that I, I was like to myself, I'd rather just go back to work. My work's a mad. Do you know what? Work seems easy because you know what? Yes, it may be a stressful job, but it's eight hours. I log off. And do you know what? I do get my weekends, you know what I mean? But that's a full-time thing. Like, he wakes up in the night. you got to put him back to bed. He wakes Everything, up at yeah. five o'clock in the morning. You got, like, he, that is a crazy job. I'm not saying that I want to have children, but I'm realising, like, yo, I it's don't not know if I'm ready. As, yeah, I'm yeah. Not, I don't think I'm that ready yet because that is a lot of commitment. So, you know... If you are out working and creating the, the the funds to raise the family and she's at home with not one, but multiple. So imagine if she's got, you've got a five, a three, one that's probably still breast, being breastfed. She's got to cook, clean, get your stuff ready for your next day. Do you know what I mean? Like she's doing all that, and then she comes home, and then she, you know she attends to your needs because you're a man and you have needs. Why Every does, successful why is, it, why is that? Like why is it your money? No, Shelby, it's, not it's, your your money. Not, it's, it's not your money. It's not your money. It's not your money. She's playing her role, and I get it if she's one of these women that don't do nothing. It doesn't got matter. A nanny, or you know, what I mean, it doesn't matter. Kind of, but I'm just saying, dude, there's not. We don't live in, and you know, that's some society. That's some world that none of us that I know live in. You know, the women that I know, the people that we know. It's them too. They have a very involved life. So why is why I just for me I just don't see it that way. Twenty five
1: years of marriage to a man, yeah. And, and you haven't
0: worked. You haven't worked. So you haven't twenty five years of experience. She's,
1: she's helped him in ways that no one can imagine. So if she takes some money, money is not even the moment value her. It's the, the fact that they've been together for so many years. Mm-hmm. That money that she gets, you think she actually cares about it? Because she already living a good life because you already had it. So it's not the money you're giving is just to maintain the lifestyle that she you, we've created. Together. Just remember exactly. that. So that money means nothing. When they say oh Jess Bezos is losing his wife and she's taking this much money, this much billions. I'm like, bro, she's entitled to it. and
0: even so like surely like how much money do you need like really truly like you know what i mean like, i'm just surely like i don't know my friend no, like said this to me it, you can't take it to, to the, the
1: grave. grave come on that's it that's it and that's the right mindset to actually have and i think that if more people had that mindset then we'd have a better society but Definitely. i was looking at some some video about um poverty in Yemen yeah? and I said there shouldn't be billionaires in the world if there's that much poverty and um, for that country to actually come at the economic crisis that country's. and I saw some mad videos and you know me I'm, I'm a weirdo I'll see a woman with a child saying oh my child ain't got food i would be like why do you even have the child and someone said bruv they even got contraception out there like what do you want her mm-hmm. to not be able to do and I was yeah. thinking well you know it's kind of crazy though because in the UK people are scared to have children because they say I'm, I'm not going to have enough money but you Say you're not gonna have enough money, but you know, you know, in in hindsight, your child can't actually go starving in the UK, yeah. really. In hindsight, let's keep it real. In the UK, your brother, well, the social services take your you and just give it to someone who wants a you, but in a poor country where it's poverty driven, mm. like that child's starving. Does it make sense? Mm. Like that child's actually starving. So, I was thinking. It made me realise that even in the UK, like I said, a lot of people were very ungrateful. And I'm going to keep going back mm-hmm. to this grateful mm-hmm. and gratitude point because it's a very key point that we, we have to make. We're living very good in this country, very secure, That's even true. though not everything's super, super duper. Like, it's things that are happening, but I'm saying it's very secure in the UK compared mm-hmm. to other countries where it's just that like, I don't. Some people are eating. They have they're eating out of option. Some people are eating for starve to stop starvation it's so
0: true there's it's a difference so you know true.
1: there's a big difference in, in world and life and I think we need to start paying attention to that and being more grateful for that and that will make us better people i think generally percent. so yeah plug the people in with your social media tell everyone what you're doing please
0: so yeah you can find me on all social media platforms under your coach karina and um yeah like i said i'm a life coach for women if you have any sort of queries you want to know more about my story hit me up um if you do follow me on instagram there is a link in my bio if you want to schedule a free 30 minute consultation with me i mean i look forward to hearing from you
1: Come on, so yeah, man. Thank you for coming on. Um, I appreciate. Um, we're we'll definitely gonna get you back down for another show. Um, because there's more stuff that <laughs> we have to discuss, and I think um, it'd be good for you to um, have something you can do yourself for for women only. Um, I think that'd be really good. That's listening.
0: definitely on the cards. But I just wanted to say thank you for having me as well. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's, 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 thank you, thank you,
1: <laughs> thank you, man. But yeah, man, we're out. Signing out. Red talks really Know it is. Take cool. care.